All right, welcome again to The Voice Report. I'm coming to you on location here in West Deptford, uh, New Jersey, where we're coming off a huge high school basketball weekend. It's team camp season here in the month of June. We were at Ryder, and then we just finished uh, a hostile game between Imhotep Charter, the West Catholic uh, School at West Catholic Camp, and a shout-out goes to both Kevin Baggett and Jazz Williams and the work that they did this past weekend. Hey, next week, the live period is back. We're headed to Kelly Fieldhouse at St. Joe's Prep. The first of two weekends, Friday through Sunday. Yes, Father's Day weekend. Dads, if you want to come out to St. Joe's Prep, I highly recommend it. However, you better be a coach, a player, or a member of the media. I've been informed by members of Philly Live. That's, of course, the name of our big event. And Philly Live is only going to be open to those members. There are no spectators allowed due again to the sanctity of uh, COVID-19. There's been a lot of talk going on. AAU's kind of down right now. Everybody's wondering about team camps. Hey, I'm pretty impressed with all the high school talent that's been going on. Just saw Newman Goretti. Just saw Imhotep Chotter. Uh, just saw the Patrick School out of New Jersey. And you can send your questions to uh, to the voice report on Instagram or on uh, Twitter at Jacob Schwartz 23. Nonetheless, I've got a great guest uh, here today. I'm sitting here talking to the Hall of Fame PA announcer, the one and only Dan Baker. And anybody who doesn't know Dan Baker probably needs to understand that anytime you go to, whether it's Citizens Bank Park or whether he was at Veterans Stadium from my childhood days, getting a chance to listen to that great voice just made me say, Wow, I would love to be that guy. I could see myself being in front of that microphone. I grew up idolizing people like Bob Euchre and Vince Scully and, of course, the great Yankees announcer uh, Bob Shepard. Phillies have been red hot, by the way. Four in a row, three walk-off wins. Uh, Sixers uh, playing tomorrow night, trying to extend their series in Atlanta, uh, trying to go up three games to one. Hey, don't count out the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. They just tied their series with the Brooklyn Nets. They're tied up at two. So anybody that's thinking the Sixers are going to get ball busted by this Brooklyn team with the three-headed monsters might want to reconsider because Giannis Antetokounmpo just had 34 points, which is unreal, and it's absolutely amazing. But that being said, I am sitting here again in the house of the one and only Dan Baker, and I'm thrilled again to uh, to talk to him. He is standing here four feet away. Uh, I knocked on his door just a few moments ago. We just chatted and, and just reminisced. That it's basically, it's just like being part of the boys. So Dan Baker, welcome. It is so good to see you again, sir, and uh, you look great. Thank you. Thank you, Jake, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being on your podcast. Hey, you know, so first of all, I just want to say that uh, I just want to go on record. Uh, you and I have known each other for over a decade. And one thing I will say is we've always gotten along. I've been in this business as a PA announcer for just about 16 years, be my 17th season doing high school and college uh, sports. You have me covered by three decades, 49 years with the Phillies, 29 with the Eagles, and of course you do uh, the Army-Navy game and Big Five games, and you worked with Drexel. So there's not one thing you haven't done. And We were just talking about uh, Ryder University and Kevin Baggett with his days at St. Joe's, and wow, I mean, how, how much gifted... I did, I did Ryder games, Jake. Uh, oh, tell us, yes, on please. The TV on the uh, New Jersey network for a couple of years when... Uh, uh, I guess Kevin Bannon was the head coach there, I want to say. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with Ryder University. And, uh, and you've had the opportunity to, uh, to be around some great athletes from basketball to football. 
uh, to baseball. Who are some of the best athletes, uh, coaches that you've been a part of? Well, I've been lucky to be involved, uh, uh, you know, with the, a number of different sports, uh, baseball, football, basketball, uh, as you've been discussing. But, um, you know, I uh, started uh, doing, I did the West Philadelphia High School basketball on the radio with uh, their wonderful coach, Joe Goldenberg. Yes. And... Uh, uh, the uh, Speed Boys of 1976. Which one of the I, greatest, they're, that's one of the greatest high school teams in the history of Philadelphia basketball. And, and maybe the country too, 30-0, and 0, Jake, they were. And uh, uh, Gene Banks, Clarence Tillman, Joe Garrett, Mike Nichols, and, and uh, let me say Daryl Warwick. Uh, yeah. No, no, is that who? I think it was Daryl Warwick. I, I I know I hear that name. In fact, Joe is a dear friend of mine, and yeah, Joe is a uh, Joe spends a lot of time going to a lot of public league games. But you mentioned the great Gene Banks, and his son has continued the tradition as an assistant. But what I love the most about Gene Senior is what he did in Philadelphia and becoming. A lot of people are saying he was the first, I think, ever to be recruited by Duke University. What, the first African-American? No, I thought it was the first Philadelphian, if I'm oh, correct. Oh, the first Philadelphian? I believe he was the first Philadelphian. That was the first, I believe. Because uh-uh. back then, and, and you know, Duke is still amazing what it is today, and uh, we'll, we'll get to why it's it's so special in, in a few moments. But, you know, you were the voice of Westville. Now, you grew up here, though, in here in South Jersey, but I didn't realize that... Um, you know that that you they were having play-by-play announcers call high school games back then. Well, uh, uh, Jake, uh, see, uh, there's a, an interesting involvement here. Um, I was born in Philadelphia, uh, lived in Southwest Philadelphia for almost the first eight years of my life before my uh, mom and dad and brother and sisters and I moved to Mount Ephraim, New yes. Jersey, and. Uh, so I lived in Mount Ephraim from 1954 through 1968 when I graduated from Glassboro State College. In between, I went to Mount Ephraim Public Schools, uh, Audubon High School. But um, after I graduated from Glassboro State, uh, I went uh, back to the city and got a, got a job in the school district of Philadelphia. I taught at the Landreth Elementary School at 23rd and Federal uh, from 68 to 78, and then they closed, the school district closed Landreth in a cost-cutting move, and uh, I uh, went around the corner to the Smith School at 19th and Wharton. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, along the way, I got the job as the Phillies PA announcer, and I was doing that, you know, part-time. Yep. And, uh, and but uh, one of the young fellas uh, that I coached at Landreth was Gene Banks. Uh, I didn't so, know that. No, uh, I, I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, but uh, and we, uh, uh, Clarence Tillman played for another school in South Philadelphia, and these uh, the fifth and sixth grade teams were part of a league that was known as the Gray Y that played at the Christian Street YMCA at 16th Street and uh, 16th and Christian Streets, and uh, so uh, I coached uh, in that league for a, a number of years, and uh, uh, anyway, so Gene Banks goes on to West Philadelphia, Yes, and, uh, and I thought, you know what, 
I'm trying to get experience as a radio play-by-play -play guy, yeah. and uh, this this is a great team over here, and uh, so maybe I can gain some experience and uh, and help them out as well. And did they appreciate what you were doing? Oh, it sure. kind of seemed like they were, you know, because everybody usually, I feel like, you know, when, when you, you and I have done very similar things in broadcast, and, you know, I, I feel like sometimes we don't get appreciated as much as we should, but it kind of seemed, because nowadays in high school, kids just go out and play, and they don't really notice the announcers in the background. They just go out there and yeah. they play. Now, it seemed to me like they appreciated what you were doing I, for them. I think they did, uh, and uh, I was, uh, Jake, gaining valuable experience. And, yeah, so uh, you got both, respect from the team, and you were getting valuable experience. And guess, guess what I also did? Oh, and please. this is... Uh, where uh, you know uh, I later talked with another uh, one of your mentors, Jeremy Treatman. Yes. And uh, I would go out and sell advertising to buy time on the radio. <coughs> he was I, very good at that, and that was something that you know Jeremy always taught me was how to be able to sell, which yeah. was because you know starting you know since '89, he's been the guy that uh, has gone out. You're very similar to him. You went out, you sold, you yeah. tried to buy advertising. Yeah, you put, yeah. basically put everything you had like he yeah. did. Yes. Uh, and uh, anyway, it was uh, so I learned to be a, a producer as well as an announcer. And I also had to be a salesman. You were a hustler. Yeah. That's, well, that's what this business does for us. Yeah, yeah. It, it teaches us to hustle. Yeah, I've yeah. always said that yeah. hustling is like, it, it's in our vocabulary. When we started this business, I think it goes, you have to be able to, if you really want to be in this business, you're going to have to pay your dues, which in this case is to hustle, yeah. to um, work, go out to businesses and say, I want you to sp sponsor me. And they usually will say either yes or they'll usually say no. So you got to put up your own everything well, you have. Well, how this benefited me, Jake, is that um, after having done the West Philadelphia High School games for a couple of years, starting with Gene Banks. How long Senior, were you actually there at West Philly? Uh, I think uh, two years. I, I did, of the 30 games, West Philadelphia was undefeated Gene's senior year. Uh, I think I broadcast maybe 13 of those games. I hired a, uh, a famous uh, uh, Philadelphia sports writer named Bob Vitrone, was my color analyst. Bob, yes, yes, of and, course. Uh, a guy named Rob uh, Richards was my uh, engineer. Yes. And, um, so then the following year, even after uh, Gene graduated and went to Duke, I still, still did the games. And uh, I did some other uh, Philadelphia high schools. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, were you traveling a lot? Were you traveling nationally? No. They weren't no. going because nowadays no. in high school, no. they go across, teams will go across the country. Yeah, I, I, West Philadelphia played in something called the Super Sunday Slam Dunk Showdown in Baltimore. I went yes. and did that at the Baltimore Civic Center. So you did get to travel with West Philadelphia. Uh, not so much. I did go to that game. Okay. Uh, but you were traveling. No, not really. Uh, most of the games that I did were, uh, you know, in in this area. Were they traveling? Were high schools uh, traveling a lot uh, back in those days? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Did they go like... I think like yeah. West Philadelphia, if, I went, uh, if I'm not mistaken, went to Johnstown. Yeah. To a big tournament. Johnstown, PA, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Sure. Because, yeah, nowadays it's Washington and... You know, I think yeah. we've got two or three Catholic teams. No, I think it's one K 
Catholic, the guy, I want to say Roman Catholic, is headed to Hawaii. Uh-huh. And two years ago, Archbishop Wood played in that same yeah. tournament. It's called the Iolani Classic, which is yeah. a very well-known yeah. high school. Now, well, teams will go, yeah, slam dunk to the beach. Been out there a few years. Yes. In fact, my friend Pat Delsey, broadcast games. Oh, yes. Invited me to go out there with him. Aren't those uh, tournaments, I mean, when you get a chance to... Because I remember my freshman year in college, I was a student at Montgomery County Community College, and I was looking for some work. And a guy that I knew, and you might have known him too by the name of Jack Spinella, who was the coach of Upper Dublin, but he was a former assistant with Pat Carroll and uh-huh. Matt Carroll at Hatboro Horsham High School. Uh-huh. And Jack hired me and said, would you like to do our, like, kind of talk play-by-play at our in our, uh, I have a tape recorder or a uh, camera. If you'd like to do some tapes, we'll send it out for you. And I got the opportunity to do that. And I thought, like you, I gained notable experience. Yeah. But we were traveling as far as th- I, I, we were more local. But nowadays, have you ever, I mean, like, you know, so you didn't get a chance to go out to those no. tournaments they're doing nowadays, which no. again are as far as the Carolinas and Hawaii. Yeah. And D.C. and New York City, it's just amazing. No, most of the games that I did were in the city. You know, did, of course, a few of the uh, Speed Boys games at, uh, from the Palestra and uh, at Sayre Junior High School. They played some games yeah. there. They uh, played uh, Lewis Lloyd and Overbrook. You know, yes. that was a great uh, Black Magic. Yeah. Were you a fan of Black Magic? Yes, yes. He yeah. was an amazing player, and it, yeah. we lost him. At, it was such yeah. a shame we lost him at such a young age. And uh, every time I was ever around him, and he had a son that was living in Arizona with his mother. I, I, I'm assuming he's still out there. I, I would think by now he's probably in college. But I just remember meeting his son for the first time. And just being around Lou Lloyd, you're thinking, yeah. he just when you're around Joe Garrett and Eggie Tillman and Gene yeah. Banks and yeah. Lewis Lloyd, and I, I, you know, I've had the chance to meet, like, um, I think I met Claude Gross once. I know you remember that name. Oh, I, I was very friendly with Claude and T. Shields. Uh, Joe Parham, if you remember him at all. Uh, yes. Uh, one of my T. Parham. There's yeah, yeah. his uncle, T. Yeah, Parham. That's, that's who I Because they, they, we did a documentary. A friend of mine uh, did a documentary at Penn um, about the history of Philadelphia basketball. Uh-huh. And we were listening to stories, a lot of the, College coaches, Fred Dumphy was there, and yeah. uh, Ashley Howard from LaSalle was there. We were all... I broadcast Ashley's games, and he was at Drexel. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and and are you a fan of... Uh, I know we're kind of jumping, no, sort of jumping the gun. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're always... Uh, um, you know, Ashley Howard is a phenomenal human being. But, but so back to... All right, T. Parham and, and Claude Gross and Tillman and, and Hal Greer and... It just what what was the scene back in Philadelphia at that time? Because that was right around the time you were just sort of coming up. Yeah. Well, uh, really, the next step for me uh, when see when I got this experience, it helped give me some credibility as well as valuable experience. And then I approached the Big Five. I approached John. You wanted Nash. to work at the Big Five. Yes. Uh, I uh, always I grew up going to you know. Big five games at the Palestra, you know, admired them, and uh, and thought to myself it would be neat to you know announce those games if I ever got the chance. And, you said uh, you met John Nash. Yes, He's the first guy who gave you your break in the Big Five business. Is that correct? Uh, it, it is, uh, and uh, I approached John uh, because at the time there was a little bit of a downturn in Big Five's popularity. Uh, this is in like the late seventies, uh, and. Uh, 
they weren't on. It used to be a lot of their games were on were were televised. Prism, right? But, was but, it and, Prism? And even before, yes. But even before Prism, it was uh, Channel Seventeen yeah. with Al Meltzer and uh, as a matter of And fact, what did you think of Al Meltzer? He was great. Uh, he probably is the biggest legend I've ever I have ever been around, and I felt horrible for him when, if you remember, I think you were there too when the late Phil Jazzer had passed away. Yeah, uh, Al was having health issues. He yes. could barely, if I remember correctly, yeah. he could. I don't. I wouldn't say he caused the ruckus, but it was very hard for him because his knees had still had been. Yeah. And this is what 10, 15 years, about yeah. eleven, twelve years ago. Phil's been passed. Yeah. Al Meltzer to me, like you knew that when you were listening to the Big Five, yeah. you knew you were listening to basketball heaven. Yeah, well, and, and then way, way back in, in the uh, mid 60s, it was uh, the great voice of Les Kiter uh, on WFIL radio. I've been called that TV. name, but I don't know why. What was Les Kiter really like? Oh, man, very colorful. Uh, you know, he did, he did the. Uh, Muhammad Ali, then known as Cactus Clay, Sonny Liston, a heavyweight championship fight. He was there with Howard Cosell. Uh, he broadcast that fight. Because I remember there's a story about um, Ali who was trading in West Philly, I think. He was trading on 66th or 68th Street with Angelo Dundee, his longtime trainer, and Howard Cosell used to come, of course, and take the pictures. And it, it was amazing to listen to all these broadcasters. Now, I YouTubed you recently. I got a chance to, as we're kind of going to go back. I know you went to Temple as uh, your master's. Yes. I'm a Temple guy myself. Um, you went to back before it was Rowan University, Frostburg State University here in South Jersey. Glassboro State. Glassboro State. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why am I? That's Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. That's Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is what happens when you're uh, when you're on almost no sleep. <laughs> yeah. But let's okay. So the story I heard about you is 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 amazingly it's cool because you started in the Glassboro State. I think communication department, if I'm correct, and I hear your um, your boss, your first boss, was a young broadcaster by the name of Stu Nahan. Is that correct? Uh, you worked under Stu Nahan. I did. Who, of course, did all the Rocky, who did all the Rocky movies, and who was then Captain Philadelphia WKBS TV. See that Channel I didn't realize. 48. Tell us about Stu Nahan and what it was like being around him. Well, Stu Nahan was the sports director of. Uh, uh, Channel Channel Forty Eight uh, uh, when UHF Television uh, started in Philadelphia and across the nation in the uh, mid and late sixties, and we had Channel Twenty Nine, Channel Seventeen, and Channel Forty Eight. And uh, after playing two years of JV basketball at Glassboro State, I was the captain of the JV team as a sophomore and suited varsity, uh, but. Uh, Rather than go after the team as a junior and senior, and I would have been an extra one like I was a star, uh, I applied for the job as the mailboy at Channel 48, and I uh, was uh, fortunate enough to get it. Dollar fifty an hour, forty hours a week, yes. sixty bucks. Yes, yes. And uh, but uh, after uh, doing that for a couple of months, I was promoted to the engineering department, which uh, paid uh, considerably more, and uh, I worked on the Catherine Philadelphia. Uh, children's television program. Well, Stu Nahan was Captain Philadelphia as well as sports director. Yes. He was also the first TV play-by-play -play voice of the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, he did uh, some NFL games. 
and I would do statistics for him. And he introduced me to other NFL announcers, and when they come to, he would come to Philadelphia, uh, they would hire me to do statistics for them. For, oh, for so like, you were the freelancer for oh, yeah. uh, for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what was Stu Dayhem really like as a person? Very colorful, uh, great sense of humor, very handsome guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, the advertisers loved him. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Rocky movie. Yeah. He, was well, he like that um, in real life, like yeah. he was in Rocky? Oh, yeah, he was. Because I know he, and he had a really good... Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was very, um, he was the voice, at one time, the voice of boxing, um, and that amazing chemistry he had with Bill Baldwin, because Bill Baldwin Jr. was his partner for years, or is that just the movies? I, th- I think that was just the movies. I always thought he and Baldwin were, were like one of the great teams in broadcasting. Uh, well, I did some wrestling, too. I, I was the substitute ring announcer for... Uh, at, Pro wrestling, WWF, sure. Through Channel, Channel 48. And at that time, um, it was known as the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, sure. the WWF. Before Vince, this, uh, yeah, this was with this Vince's was Vince father. McMahon, Vince McMahon Sr., not that's, Jr. That's right. And the, the colorful ring announcer was another one of my mentors, uh, Charles Buddy Wagner. Yes. Real sharp dresser. Yep. And uh, he did. Uh, he was the ring announcer for some big boxing matches as well as wrestling matches. And uh, on those uh, rare occasions when Buddy uh, uh, had a conflict and couldn't do the wrestling, they would. I would fill in for him. I had a chance to introduce Bruno San Martino, who yeah. was the heavyweight champion of the world yes. at the time. Yes. Gorilla Monsoon and. Yeah, uh, Baron Michelle Cicluna from the and, Isle of Malta, and of course, the, a lot of people say the most evil manager of all, um, Classy Freddie Blassie. You got a chance to because Classy, I think at the time, yeah. um, was working as the head of talent relations. He was doing a lot of the yeah. hirings. Now, I, I, do you remember a guy named Joe Mazer? Don't remember him, but and, he did substitute for Zinkoff. Who we're going to mention? Uh, oh, everybody knows well, that name. We'll mention him well, in a minute. But but I, please go back to the um, to the wrestling. Well, um, Charles Buddy Wagner uh, played a big role in uh, my uh, in the early part of my career. Uh, uh, Buddy also owned an auto daredevil show that played uh, throughout the Northeast, but primarily in New England. Uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, uh, New York, uh, and they would play state and county fairs. So uh, Buddy hired me, and at this time I was teaching at the Landers School at yes. uh, uh, 23rd and Federal, and I was not yet the Phillies PA announcer. Yes. I started there in 72. Yes. But the summers of 1969, 1970, 1971, uh, I went out as the publicity guy and uh, also the uh, announcer for this uh, Buddy Wagner's Lucky Mustang Hell Drivers. And we played state and county fairs, like the uh, Blue Hell Fair in uh, Maine, as an example, the Presque Isle Fair, uh, the Union Fair, uh, and uh, we did the Springfield State Exposition in Agawam, Mass. and. Uh, the New York State Fair at Syracuse. New so you York. were traveling a lot oh, back yeah. back at that time. I mean, in this, during the summer. Yes, yeah. so you were traveling as much as 
I mean, technically, you're not really on the road as much as you used to be. Now you're really just, again, you're at the ballpark. At, yeah, at, mainly at I do home. Yeah, Were you a fan of traveling? Did you like to travel back then? Uh, well, when you're younger, it's kind of interesting and exciting to do things. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't want to do that these days, but it was... Uh, uh, part of my uh, development, and I learned a lot from it, and uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, but it w- it was grueling, you know. Yeah. We had to drive from one town to the other with, uh, you know, uh, these cars. The life of these, a, the life of an announcer. And uh, but uh, you know, it gave me good experience, and uh, you know, another part of my background. I mean, I came here today to your home here in West End for getting a chance to. I mean, I'm literally I'm I'm in, I'm having dinner here in West Deptford and I'm like trying to look at the time I'm like oh I gotta finish and finish and finish because I don't want to keep this this gentleman waiting because I would never keep a respectful legend like yourself waiting and, and I just learn and, and like you know you don't have a whole lot of time in your on your in your schedule you have to go from one place to the next and it seemed that yeah I, I think you understand how grueling you know what being on the road is really about because you really have like you know it depends on where you are like me i was in albany a few weeks ago i knew that uh, i was going to have dinner but then i got to remind myself you better get gas right now you still got a three and a half hour drive were, were you doing stuff yeah. kind of like that oh, in yeah. those summers That's like you sure. were saying we need to get sure. you know i gotta get home to my family my and wife is what, probably waiting for guess me what? when i uh, produced uh, big five basketball on the radio through my own uh, production company called Play by Play Sports. Uh, you know, I uh, drove all over to do Big Five games for LaSalle, Penn, St. Joe, Temple, and Villanova. And I drove up to, uh, you know, uh, Ithaca, New York to do Penn Cornell yeah. or, uh, you know, to uh, uh, Hanover, New Hampshire, Penn Dartmouth, you sure, know, or Cambridge, yeah. you know, Boston, you know, to do uh, uh, that at Penn Harvard. And, uh, Rhode Island for Penn Brown and so yeah. forth, and but, but same for LaSalle playing Duquesne and Pittsburgh, you know, drive out. So you understand what the pressure was about because you were, you know, you're like me. You love to travel, but it gets tiring after a while, and you're thinking, you know, the either the beer's on ice or or sodas on yeah. ice. It's we want to get ourselves something to eat so we can stay awake because yeah. we still have to travel like four or five or six hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was good experience, and uh, again, it's part of paying your dues. Yes. You know, to try to get uh, bigger and better opportunities, and it worked out for me. And uh, but there's no shortcut, Jake. You know, no. there's a lot of hard work involved, and either you're willing to do it or you're not. And and uh, sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't, but I, w- I was lucky and it worked out. I've heard so many great stories about what you've done at, at, in Philadelphia, being the voice of the Phillies since 1972. You mentioned that uh, earlier. You started the second year that Veterans Stadium opened its doors. You were hired by the great Bill Giles yes. uh, back, in, back then. Uh, here you are in your 49th season uh, calling games for the Phillies, and you also again did games uh, for the Eagles for 29 years. The Army, Navy, Big Five, Drexel. Uh, you just you could go on and just continue. But again, we could be here till till midnight tonight. Um, I, I guess the it's a pretty loaded question. Um, after all that you've been through, all the trials and tribulations, and again, I don't want to mention this obviously on the podcast. I know you've been having some health issues. Was 
this life all worth? Oh yeah. Going through these last forty plus every, years. Every minute of it. I mean, I I'm lucky to have a wonderful uh, wife and children, and now I have a grandson. And, uh, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, life, uh, and. Uh, Jake, you mentioned the, the health issues that I've been confronted with the last couple of years. I uh, had a, uh, a tumor removed from my cheek uh, yeah. last August, and uh, uh, that's why you. And I remember that's why you were taking had to take time off from the Phillies, yes. which was rare because when I saw your thing on Twitter, I was like, "Wait, no, this has got to be a hoax." Dan Baker doesn't has never missed a Phillies game since I've been watching the Phillies. Well, uh, the fact of the matter is. Uh, Jake, I did have very good attendance, but I, it wasn't perfect attendance. Uh, it was close to perfect. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, uh, in the first um, 48 years of uh, as PA announcer for the Phillies, uh, I missed about 15 games uh, from uh, 1972 to 2018. Uh, wow. uh, 15 games so uh, you know it wasn't very frequent and I think only two were illness uh, uh, the other uh, absences were due to my father passing away my father-in-law passing away yeah. uh, my children graduated from high school of course, college. Yes, yes. and when I did the play-by-play for Penn football and Temple football uh, Dave Montgomery and Bill Giles were nice enough to allow me to do those games on radio and they would fill in for me on Philly's PA. And yeah, a few yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to mention some of those that you've had the chance to work with. You have worked with Harry Callis for almost, I want to say, officially three decades, maybe, with him. Long, long time, you know, I admired him greatly. You were, what was he like? Oh, what a nice man, so gracious. Met him on a train, he was a gentleman. Uh, I've, I've learned so much from uh, Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn, and uh, not only were they great on the air, uh, but they were great off the air, uh, Jake, and they were good to people. They took time to say hello to people. They signed autographs. They posed for photos. And I thought to myself, you know, if the time ever comes where uh, some fans think I'm important enough that, you know, they they want my autograph for a photo, uh, I'm going to be uh, gracious like Harry and Richie, uh, and not that I would place myself in their category. Uh, they're much more famous than me, but uh, I would try to emulate them in terms of their graciousness and being good to people. They had great voices, and you know, my own father and I think many of the Philly fans here would probably agree they may be the greatest broadcasting team, not only in the Phillies history, but maybe in all of Major League Baseball. Although there is Vince Scully and Steve Lyons and yeah. you know John Miller and Joe Morgan when they were at ESPN. But would you definitely agree that those two together, what a team! Oh, absolutely, one of the one of the best ever. And uh, of course, they're both in the Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, Harry got the Ford C. Frick Award, and uh, Richie Ashburn, uh, of course, as a player, was voted in by the Veterans Committee, you know, member of Baseball's Hall of Fame. He was a great player. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your bosses, Dave Montgomery and Bill Giles. Uh, unfortunately, both of... Uh, Bill Bill has passed, correct? No, Bill, Bill, Bill is has, still no, alive. No, Bill. um, Bill's about 85. Which is amazing. He's happily retired now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, David Montgomery, uh, his life uh, was taken 
at, at a tough age, and I know you've been battling cancer for a number of years. And what what were your boss and I guess you could say, well, I guess we could consider them both of your bosses, but I've always yeah. believed that Bill Giles was your mentor and your, also your friend. Well, he, your... he certainly was one of them. Uh, I would say from a broadcast standpoint, uh, like Jay Randolph of St. Louis uh, yeah. was, was uh, very helpful to me. Uh, uh, Bill Giles taught me a lot about the industry and marketing and promotions and uh you know, he brought in all these uh, big name acts to, uh, in, in the early days of Veterans Stadium, when the, the Phillies weren't that good of a baseball team yet, Bill would bring in these exciting promotions to help draw people. Yeah. Uh, and fireworks and the great Wallenda walking on a tightrope yes. across oh, yeah. uh, Veterans Stadium. Uh, but uh, he would bring in other acts as well. Uh, Benny Kosky, the human bomb, and uh, he had, of course, Kite Man. Everybody yes, remembers Kite yes, Man's living kite first yes, ball. Yes, yes, there was the great Murrafield, uh, 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 who yeah. uh, was uh, a trapeze artist that would perform suspended from a helicopter. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. my gosh. And Dave Montgomery was another example of somebody who loved promotion and marketing. He wasn't just the guy who owned the Phillies. He was the guy who started with the Phillies. He was working in the stadium, he was, I think he was, if I'm correct, he was one of the groundskeepers for the Phillies and then worked his way kind of all no, the way no. up. Uh, David started in sales. Sales, that's uh, right. I, I thought it was, yeah. I kept thinking it was like groundskeeper, like he was well, the little guy. Well, I think guy. what you're thinking of is uh, there were a couple of times when, uh, during rain delays, if, uh, that would come up quickly uh, and with all the grounds crew on the field and if there wasn't enough to get the... Uh, tarp out in a quick enough way, Dave would actually go yes. down and help out. Gotcha. That was, you that know, was, but, yeah, uh, gotcha. Uh, David's background, you know, he was a Wharton School grad and uh, a great businessman and so uh, a great Philadelphian and very loyal to the city, to the team, and and uh, he uh, led by example. He, he was a very good person. He helped raise a lot of money for charity, for ALS, as was Bill Giles. Uh, they were uh, two great leaders of, of Phillies baseball. Yeah, and, and and we learned so much from people like, especially Bill Giles. First year I started watching because I've been watching the Phillies since I was probably about seven years old, uh, watching uh, the '93 team go to the World Series only to lose to Joe Carter, Mitch Williams. It's one of the greatest. I was in Toronto when that happened. Yes, when Joe Carter. Yes, that walk off. And I want to talk about that. Um, with all the games you've called. Well, first of all, before we answer that, let's answer this. And this is kind of like my first time really interviewing a announcer of announcers. My question to you is, because I think there's a certain word that people always ask, um, and that word is gab. Have you always had the gift of gab? I have. Uh which you're blessed with also. And, and uh, I owe that to uh, my parents. Uh, my parents were sticklers for elocution, Ed and Marge Baker, Mountie from New Jersey. Uh, and my brother and sisters uh, were uh, also very good public speakers. My wife is and my children are too. Wow. Uh, uh, our children, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Um, 
Yes, I, I could always talk well. When I was a, a, a young kid, I was a pretty decent athlete, Jake, and I envisioned myself as a pro athlete some, someday. But of course, I wasn't nearly that no, good of no. an athlete. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, as a young man, I started to think, you know what? I realize I'm not nearly good enough to play professional sports, but I love it so much. I wonder if there's something I can do. I thought, well, I can talk. Well, I, you went to Connie, and you went to Connie Mack Stadium when you were a kid. You were friends with. Because a lot of people say, besides yourself, the greatest PA announcer is John McAdams of the Palestra. Wonderful. And, and, and there was Hylett, who also knew, did I many, who you knew very well. Yeah. But then there was this man, the Zig, Dave oh. Zinkoff. Um, when you, we talked about this back in the ESPN Philadelphia days. Uh, you were able to learn. What, what, what did you learn from Zinkoff? From, from Dave Zinkoff? Well, Dave Zinkoff was a showman. And uh, I met... Dave, uh, through a couple of other friends, Al Schreier and Harvey Pollack. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Al and I, were, we're still close with uh, We lost uh, Al Schreier, unfortunately, yes. a few years ago, but he was the great, uh, uh, if Sports I'm correct, yep, director SID, who, and yeah. our good friend Larry Doherty has taken yes. his role, although Larry has always said that Al is an amazing mentor to him. Every time oh. he walked into the room... You just, you know, and then Harvey Pollack, the phenomenal statistician. His yeah. kids are now, and yeah. grandkids well, are continuing yeah. that tradition. Uh, back to, back, But back to Zinkoff. Well, uh, Al introduced me to Zink, and uh, uh, I did the uh, PA for Temple football one year in 1976, a year before I started doing the radio play-by-play -play for Temple football, which I did for seven years, 1977 through 1983. Um but I admired Dave Zinkoff going to Philadelphia Warriors games as a youth with my father and brother at Philadelphia Convention Hall and Camden Convention Hall. You know, uh, the Zink was so colorful and he just commanded your attention and, uh, you know, Dipper Dunk and uh, all of his uh, things. Gola and, uh, Goal or yeah, Julius Irving. And that uh -oh. was, of course, later when he was kind of getting to the end of his career. But back in the 60s yeah. when he was working with Wilt, and yeah. I just remembered the, the the interview he did with, um, and he's no longer uh, in the business, Jerry Achilles, who was a great television anchor. Um, he told the story about how he started the Dipper Dunk. He basically had, uh, Wilt had said he didn't like he didn't like Wilt the Stilt, so yeah. uh, he said to Wilt, what do you want me to call you? And he said, you're an expert, you've been obviously doing this a long time, figure it out and come up with something. And apparently, I, I still laugh to the day when Wilt gives him the thumbs up uh, after he started with the Dipper Dunk. I mean, it's still the, one of the most colorful calls, and I mean, to gain respect to a legend like Wilt Chamberlain, you got to be thinking, oh my goodness... How how do you do it? How how do you get that guy's respect? Because it's really hard to please a guy like that. Well, uh, Dave uh, had a good sense of humor, and uh, you know, so he brought humor into it. But uh, you know, it he would just uh, command your attention. Buddy Wagner, the ring announcer, yes. to whom I referred earlier, he was like that too. Uh, uh, in this corner, and here he is, uh, you know. Uh, 
265 pounds in the green tights from Abruzzi, Italy, the heavyweight champion of the world, Bruno San Martino. San Martino. And did you want to base, it seemed like you wanted to kind of base yourself off of Buddy Murphy and Dave Sinkoff in some way. Uh, well, I thought, uh, in the back of my mind... You wanted to be you. Yeah, like your, well, like your, no, uh, but I knew that uh, by how talented these guys were and the way that they could command an audience, that I would have, uh, you know, it would be nice to come up with something that could be attention-getting. Yeah. Because, well... Maybe the best advice, advice that I got as a PA announcer came from Bill Giles. Bill Giles said, remember, you're not the star of the show. You're there to provide information quickly uh, and accurately, get in and get out. That's great advice. Because it's know, not about us right. as announcers, it's right. about them. So I, tr- I tried to do that. Jeremy used to always say the same thing to me about remember... Because um, he would always kind of stop me if I was being too colorful. He would say, "Remember, you're not the star. The right. players are the stars. Yeah. The, you're here for them. Yeah. These fans, you know, they're not here for you. They're, you know, they're here. They're here for the players. They're yeah. not here for. Yeah. They don't want to hear Jake Schwartz, the voice, talk. They want to yeah. hear yeah. them. And I just think that we, you know, again, I think that's a very good." analogy is if you want to you know be a good announcer you got to remember you're just the extra the extra thing so um all right so let's kind of because we get deep into your career um again uh since 1972 49 years in this business uh you have called uh officially i think it's five all-star games if i'm correct uh no no, five two all-star games five world series um you know, if there's any moment you could say in Philly's history, what was it? The two World Series championships, 1980 and 2008. What was that feeling like? Oh, boy. First one, especially, had to be even better for you. Tug McGraw strikes out oh, Willie Wilson wow. yeah. at oh, State. It's amazing to believe that I wasn't even born, and I still remember that. As a lifelong Phillies fan, you know, this was redemption. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, like along with so many other uh, Phillies fans, died a thousand deaths in 1964 when we had a six and a half game yep. lead with 12. To the go. collapse with Gene Mock. Uh, but uh, uh, that uh, winning that World Series in 1980, uh, I think, uh, really was great for the city and great for the Phillies. Yeah. It wasn't that long before that. I think it was 74 and 75. Your good friend uh, Lou Nolan. Uh, who's been the PA voice? Who's been the, the voice of the Flyers for yes. almost close to forty years himself? If I'm correct, what year did he, he actually start? I believe that Lou started the year after I did, and he has well, this maybe he was uh, the same year, but later that year, correct? I started in seventy two. He might have his first year might have been seventy two, seventy three. They always so, say that you're supposed to come up with a certain catchphrase. Obviously, if I said it. Lou has personally told me, and I want to thank you for back in the uh, ESPN Philly days when I talked to Lou personally. Um, Lou had said to me as a joke, uh, you know, when I tried to finish the sentence of Pico, he said, "Well, I do take personal checks." <laughs> <laughs> it, it just is something that. But you're one of the many people who's been in the business as long as you have 
to not have a catchphrase. Are you okay with that? <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, I, I, you yeah. just, you just, your voice. I think is this catchphrase enough. When when I was a kid and my dad used to take me to Phillies games, I used to listen to this announcer named Dan Baker. I didn't know who it was, yeah. and I thought, man, if I somehow could get this job, and my dad even used to tell me, how cool would that be to have this guy's job? Well, here I am, 17, 16, 17 years later. I never thought I'd ever see the day I do it. And it just, because people don't, you don't realize this, but people tell you this. You know, I've listened to you on YouTube. I've listened to on the radio. You're basically an icon in the city. People will say, because, you know, every time I say the name Dad Baker, they'll use your voice. And out of respect for you, I don't really want to do something like that because, you know, I have such respect for you. I wouldn't be the guy that would try to use your voice because it's, it's, it's. I think the old saying: it's often imitated, never duplicated. There's only one Dad well, Baker. Thank, well, I think in this city, I well, know there is. Well, thank you. I used to try to always imitate Dave Zinkoff. I uh, uh, there's also a Julia saying Survey. that uh, yeah. uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Uh, but uh, yeah, I used to imitate Dave uh, uh, introducing uh, Julius Irving. Yes, which is the most imitated of his than anybody. I'll give you another example. Marv Albert, who's retiring after 60-plus years of of basketball, used to imitate Marty Glickman. And I want to, uh, as we're getting kind of closer, we got about a couple more minutes left here on the podcast. Um, You're officially the longest-tenured PA announcer in all of baseball, uh, 49 years. Bob Shepard, I think, well, how long, uh, the Yankees announcer, how long was he, I think 61 years? 57 57 years. years. 57 years. And did you learn anything from Bob? I did. In fact, I went up to observe uh, Bob Shepard a couple times at Yankee Stadium early in my career. And uh, one of the things that, that he taught me, Jake, is... Uh, Similar to what Bill Giles requested, you know, he said, you know, make sure that you can be understood, you know, be concise, uh, and uh, and and make sure that you're uh, you have the names right, you know, that you know how to say the pronunciations correctly. Uh, so it was accuracy, uh, brevity, uh, you know, those are some of the hallmarks of. Uh, 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 Bob Shepard. Now, Bob was not a yeller or a screamer. He, he was a but what he perfect did, elocution. Well, actually, he, he the, the word articulation comes in as well, actually. The Mickey Mantle or Derek Jeter, yeah. Roger Maris, yeah. or the, um, you know, you remember, I, I'm talking like Bob Shepard. Bob yeah. never talked any higher than right. what I just, um, yeah. you know, uh, Yogi Berra, yeah. Casey Stengel. Yeah, Just the way good. he performed himself, right? I mean, because he's very tough to impersonate. And, you know, um, what advice did he give to you that you would give to... Because I think more people are interested in being play-by-play. And Jeremy, who hosts his broadcasting camp every summer, yeah. that starts next week. Right. Do you ever notice there's not a lot of kids who will sign up to be a PA announcer? Do you have any type of... for? advice for anybody, like what Bob would give to you, like what Dave would give to you, what new Lou Nolan would give to yeah. you, if you want to be a PA announcer? Yeah, I, w- I would share the same things that uh, Bob Shepard shared with me and Bill Giles did. 
uh, that uh, to be accurate and to uh, provide the necessary information to do it quickly uh, and uh, and then don't talk when it's unnecessary. Yeah. You know, don't over. I, I, yeah, a lot, I've, we've all made that same mistake. Before we wrap things up, Phillies winners of four in a row, three yes. walk-off victories. They're going out to Los Angeles at a big four-game set with the Dodgers. Um, right now, you know, things are good. Things could be bad. How's the outlook right now uh, down at the ballpark? I know that this past weekend we've had we just had our first of forty thousand people, first time in almost a year. Uh, I'd say there's a lot of optimism, it, and uh, you know the Phillies are one game over five hundred, thirty-two and thirty-one. Uh, just coming off of these big crowds, as you noted, uh, and uh, the, the team really hasn't played that well yet. So I think uh, you know Bryce Harper's going to get hot. Uh, Didi Gregorius. Uh, uh, is still on the injured list. Yes. Uh, he's going to come back. He's going to help. And we had the new uh, kid, Luke Williams, yes. know, off of the Olympic yes. team, and uh, he already hit a walk-off. Was that amazing run. watching him yeah. hit that walk-off? Yeah. I think Alec Bohm, uh, who was a runner-up as a National League Rookie of the Year a year ago, uh, he's gotten off to a slow start, but you can see he's a good baseball player, and I think he's going to make a big contribution before the year is out. Well, we certainly uh, hope so again. The great Dan Baker, the voice of Philadelphia, we appreciate you spending your time. And i got to tell you, I always enjoy being around you. Learning from you is, is a, in my opinion, is you, you've just brought my childhood back to me. Jake Schwartz here on The Voice Report, the one and only Dan Baker.